0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Small Console Radio, where we talk about anything and everything, a song of ice and fire. So tonight with us, we have uh, so far one of our special guests on with us, Craig. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then uh, we're still waiting on uh, Shane. Uh, He's the owner of Family Time Games. Uh, So hopefully we'll get him on here in a few minutes. But uh, other than that, we also have with us Brett and Justin, uh, my co-hosts. Thank you guys, uh, you know, yet again for coming on. Oh, and uh, we just got Shane. I'm going to let him in here. Can you guys hear me? Yep. I can, hey, Shane. I can hear you. Uh,
2: Is there too much loud in the back, noise in the background? Yeah. Yeah. Say
0: yeah, tonight's uh, episode we're going to be going over the uh, tournament that was just held at Family Time Games uh, in Indianapolis uh, on Saturday. Um, with us, we have between, uh, I believe, all five of us, we have 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 6th place. So we'll be able to kind of over quite a bit of the you know stuff that happened uh, over the weekend, um, definitely an awesome time. Uh, you know, definitely for the next one that uh, we end up having, I uh, hope to see you know a bunch of a bunch of you guys out there that are listening to our show. You know, if you can make the trip, that'd be awesome. Because this time we had had a lot of people drive from fer- uh, fairly far distances uh, to come to this one. Uh, all things considered. I think we had, like, uh, Shane, do you remember uh, about how many of the total number uh, drove from out of state? Well, we had
2: 21 show up, 22 that participated, and only three of us were from in Indiana, really.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So it's definitely a... Yeah. Uh, events that you're going to want to, you know, drive, you know, make the trip for it. It's definitely an awesome time. Um, yeah, so we're going to just kind of be going over, uh, how the event went, uh, kind of the missions that were played and some of the stats that we had seen throughout the day and, uh, kind of the lists and opponents that, uh, you guys faced. Um, I, I'm going to start with Brett, uh, to kind of get him out of the way. Cause, you know, save the best for last. Right. Uh <laughs> Brett uh Brett here got uh first place with his uh Lannisters. So Brett, why don't you uh start us off by kind of going over your like a quick rundown of your list and then what you faced. Um yeah, sure.
3: Um of course the the first thing to start with is the list and uh so to begin with I I was gonna run a Joffrey list and I guess the rum did a little bit of talking for me and I kind of promised that I was going to run a Joffrey list, but at the end of the day, I decided that since uh, this was being called a Gen Con event, I wanted to try to defend at least with Tyrion in one of the lists. But since we had um, Dark Wings, Dark Words, and Game of Thrones, I really, really, really wanted to run the High Sparrow because I've been been really liking the uh, Warrior Sons and the Poor Fellows. So, I'll go with the list and then just make a little side note about them. So the Tyrion list I ran was Tyrion and a unit of Poor Fellows, uh, one unit of Knights of Castle Rock, the Mountain that Rides, a unit of Pyromancers, a unit of Cutthroats, uh, Tywin, Varys, and Pycelle. So it's somewhat of a pretty standard Tyrion type list where you've got some glass cannon like units and then you've got uh, Lord Varys in the mix. Um, I actually ended up changing this list at the very last minute. I was sold on crossbows with Preston, but I did actually have a conversation with Dave and Justin and kind of fighting with myself, and I decided to drop that unit of crossbowmen and bring the pyromancers. I was on the fence about bringing them, but I was actually really glad that I did. Um, and then the High Sparrow list was uh, the High Sparrow, Tywin, and Wolder Frey, two units of Knights nice of Castle Rock, a unit of Poor Fellows, a unit of Poor Fellows with Preston, and The Mountain That Rides. This list I also ended up changing. Just at the very, very last minute, I initially had Warrior Sons with Champion of the Faith. I dropped that unit and replaced it with Knights of Castle Rock, and I upgraded Cersei to Walder Frey. And that ended up being another pretty big addition. So, uh, in round one, I drew Free Folk. Uh, I coined this list. I don't, I don't know what he named his list, but I coined it the uh, the Harma Circus. It was a Harma list with, I think, four or five bears. I want to say it was five um, in Game of Thrones. So I selected the High Sparrow list, but I wasn't really sure that that was the right choice. Um, Being the Free Folk are pretty good at getting onto objectives and holding them. And with two Knights of Castle Rock and only the two poor fellows who die very quickly, I kind of regretted choosing that list because it was going to be a tough fight in the center. Um, it ended up working out because I was able to use some serious, uh, Lannister trickery to take care of the bears. I actually paid mutinied one of the bears off the table. I managed to Lannister supremacy with the help of uh hear me roar and a panic token just on a really wild shot. I was able to kill another bear with that, got it to fail the panic test. And the other bear I was able to kill with Walter Frey over the course of, uh, Last activation one round, first activation the next round. So uh, I was able to mitigate the impact that the Bears had, and I kind of forced him to fight me with his Raiders, which uh, Lannister Supremacy did a lot of the heavy lifting for me in that situation as well. Um, So that one worked out pretty well. It was still a really tough game. He ended up getting a bear behind my Knights of Castle Rock that were holding the center, and I actually wasted Tywin's. I won't say I wasted it, but. I spent Tywin's ability on a bear, and it just just seems so weird that, you know, you pay four points for Tywin (laughs) to shut down one big play, and it ended up being a bear because I knew that he had fainting maneuver and he had moved Harma in range, and if I hadn't put Tywin on that bear, I was looking at four attacks with no defensive saves in my rear with Vicious, and it was going to be really bad. So I went ahead and tywin to that bear. Um, The next round... I actually played Shane, who is on the show. Uh, This was in A Dance with Dragons. It was another really, really tough matchup. Um, Shane is a fantastic player. Uh, He and I have sparred at the store, and he has a tendency to get the better of me in those matches. So I was pretty nervous going into it, um, especially because he was running a Tully list with uh, three units, or I'm sorry, all four units had the Tully keyword, um, I'll let him tell you about the list, but essentially it's very high morale and it has some healing. So it was a really, really difficult matchup. And, uh, in that one, it was, man, we just played a really tight game and it ended up being kind of tense, uh, because we were very deep in, uh, in concentration and it was a, it was kind of a bitter match until the very end. And, uh, so that one was really, really tough as well. And then I kind of ran the gauntlet because the next player was uh, Craig, who's also on here. And uh, I played him in Dark Wings, Dark Words. Um, I usually like the secret mission, and I still do. I really like the scenario. But to be honest, of all of the games that I played, it's not because of Craig, but it was kind of a boring game because he and I kept drawing objectives that just didn't really matter. They weren't. We weren't able to complete them. We weren't able to really do anything with them. Um, so it was a really low-scoring game. The action in the game was really fun, but I, I chose my High Sparrow list in that scenario, and um, I ended up drawing, like, the three perfect cards that I needed to shut down some of his big plays. Um, I'll let him go over his list and not reveal too much, but I had two Protection of the Father and a Wealth of the Rock which was really able to swing that game. Uh, he could have very easily collapsed my flank with the poor fellows and, and uh, started wrapping around my army. So I was very fortunate to have those cards at that time. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I grabbed the letters and drew Mercy of the Mother as well. So it was just a really good, nasty hand to uh, to get me out of that sticky situation. And then the final match was another, another really really, really good player that I've ran into at Gen Con and at the other indie events, uh, Chris Bloom, and he ran a Stark uh, Great John Umber list, which is an absolute nightmare for the mountain that rides. Um, Essentially, I wasn't going to be able to send the mountain in to fight anything unless I knew for sure that he was going to kill it, because Lash Out with all Umbers is auto-death for Gregor if the card goes off, so it was really, really tough. We we played a little bit of a game of chicken on one flank, but I absolutely fell in love with cutthroats in this event, which I'm sure when it's Justin's turn, he'll tell you how much he loves his cutthroats. Um, my cutthroats on the right flank, I actually stuck them over on the right flank to hold that flank down, and they ended up not only holding the flank, they took over that entire right flank and then swept across with the help of some of Tyrion's cards. So, just a reminder for the listeners, uh, Cutthroats, if, you're in, if your unit has not activated that round when the Cutthroats attack, they become vulnerable automatically. So with Tyrion's cards being able to um, stop activations with delay order, I ended up getting, I think it was two or three attacks in a row uh, on that flank, and, and the, he was vulnerable every time I attacked because I was able to delay his orders and stop the unit from activating and doing anything about the cutthroats that were in his flank. So it was a really, really nasty situation. But again, three really awesome opponents, or sorry, four really awesome opponents. One was uh, a gentleman I've never met and played before. Craig, I've never played before, but I've met him and I'm pretty familiar with him. And then obviously Shane, my ultimate sparring partner. And then Chris and I have a, a tournament history with each other. So it was really, really fun. And, uh, I think at the end of it, I, I had some good card draws in the right situations, and I had some, some great dice rolls that helped out. Um, I played my heart out. I was physically sweating in some of those matches, but I think that's what happens when you're playing high-end players. So absolutely, per usual, great fun, and uh, it was just a pleasure the entire day.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so uh, your first round was uh, do you remember who that was against – yeah, it was Murray. Uh, his name's Murray. He came from Ohio. He
3: actually uh, is really good friends with Rachel Spratberry, who uh, was kind enough to bring herself and, and participate in her very first Song of Ice and Fire tournament with us. Um, following up with her after the event, um, as as usual is what I expect from the guys that come to our tournaments. We were all pretty, uh, we were all really kind to her and she had a really, really good time. Uh, she never once felt like, Anybody was upset because she didn't know the rules. Uh, everybody was really receptive of her and uh, very helpful. And she has indicated that she would love to come back with uh, with her gaming group at any time. So hopefully we start to see her around the scene as well because she ended up making that really really good Tully list that just owned that team game. I mean, it was so tough, but uh, you know, she she was great, and I'm I'm really happy that uh, she came and had her first tournament experience with us and that that she had so many good things to say about the store and the event itself and everybody who participated.
0: Yeah, and, you know, with that said, I have to, you know, lend it to you. uh, Of your three of your four matches, I mean, uh, three of them went three and one, meaning that, all three of them, their only loss was you. And uh, I know it's not like an anomaly for that to happen, but it's pretty rare to see, like, uh, first place, you know, uh, beat second place and third place, and I believe Chris Bloom took seventh. Uh, So uh, that definitely shows that you didn't have an easy road to, to, you know, the number one spot because, you know, you could get paired with, you know, your first two rounds could be, you know, newer people. Uh, and who knows, if, you know, if luck ha- you know happens, you know, you could even face like a newer person third round if the chips fall the right way. Granted the fourth round is almost always going to be a really tough opponent, but uh, you know, it just goes to show that you didn't have an easy road to get where you got. um looks like uh yeah I mean sorry like I
3: said I was it wasn't it wasn't hot in the store but um I know for sure um in in the match with Shane I was definitely sweating uh Craig got me got me pretty worked up and my hands were shaking a little bit and by the time I faced Chris I was pretty I was pretty pretty mentally taxed I took a lot of body shots from uh from Craig and, and Shane going into that match. So I was pretty tacked by the time I made it to that top table.
0: Yeah. And I was so close to finally facing you. Uh, um, whatchamacallit, Ty, because I faced uh, Chris in the third round and we were both two and O and I was, you know, I was trying for it. I was trying to, you know, Get on that top table against you because we've had a bunch of tournaments now and we have yet to face each other. So, but you know maybe next time. Um, next up, we can uh, kind of jump over to Craig since uh, Craig you took uh, second. Now we had an unusual amount of three and ones, and that's because uh, with 22 players, I believe we're supposed to technically play five rounds so that way there's no uh, there's only one But Every round that there was a pair down, uh, that paired uh, the person who got paired down lost. Meaning, in at the end of the tournament, uh, there was only one undefeated. Which, you know, the chances that happen is also not very common either. So, Craig, uh, you barely eked it out there with uh, um, with the tiebreakers, taking yourself as the best three and one uh, for that day. What uh, what kind of lists did you run, and uh, what kind of opponents did you face?
1: Uh, I had uh, two lists, well, just like everybody else. Uh, they're polar opposites of each other. My first list was a Rob list. I had him in Zerkers. I had Hodor in Zerkers. I had Tully Cav, and I had uh, Stark Bowman with Rick on. And the whole point was to kill very quickly. Uh, my other list was Holland Reed. It had Tully Cavaliers two units of Sworn Shields, and two units of Cranic Trappers trackers with uh, three NCUs. So that list was not meant to die at all. So kind of trying to cover all of my bases there. Uh, First round was against uh, Cameron, and he ran a Lannister Supremacy list that had three knights of Casterly Rock, Cersei, two units of Guardsmen with Guard Captains, And I believe the Sparrow was his commander. Now, I got myself in trouble early in that one. Uh, Before deployment even, he actually put all the objectives on one side of the table, my side. And then he won the roll off. So he got to pick sides, so he had all five objectives to start the game. Um, Basically, I just ran, which ended up helping me because in the end, I didn't have to hold any units back on objectives. I just went straight up the table at him. I ran howling in that game. And it was rather, as as far as casualties go, both sides only took, only lost one unit. Um, I used, uh, each, uh, wow, I can't talk today. I'm sorry, guys. But um, Oh no, you're good. I was able to get uh, sworn shields with Rikon onto the center objective, and he went to countercharge me with his next nice casted rock. I drew Krannig Traps twice and sounded it up into my hand so he didn't get a single charge all game that wasn't weakened. So that was fortunate on my end. But I also drew Swift Advance. And with Krannig Trappers, Trackers being one of my favorite units, I played it, I maneuvered, shot for free, and then shot for my action. And then passed my Lancer Supremacy twice on 9-ups, somehow. But, he only had two NCUs, which left me the swords. So, three shots, one round, with one unit of trackers. (laughs) (laughs) I love that unit, I really do. But it gets better. I took another objective with my other unit of trackers. That objective was, when you score it, you take a free maneuver. So, I sat on it, waited till the end of the round scored it, took a free maneuver, shot him again, and killed the Knights in between rounds. So that's a fun story to tell. And then I quit attacking. I think I attacked once the rest of the game after that. Um, Basically what I did is I just screened him off from getting to the three objectives I had taken and just sat there and racked up points. I didn't want to take any Lannister supremacy tests, so I didn't attack. And I think I ended up winning like 12 to 7 in that one. Second game was against a guy named Nick, and he was a great guy, a lot of fun to play, but it everything kind of went my way. Um, I had him on activations. He was playing Baratheons, and so I drew swift advance again. I was running my Stark list. I waited for him to move his army up, and he was first player, so I waited for him to move uh, all his units up. Then I played swift advance on my Stark bowman, moved up, shot him, took the swords, shot him again, and then opened the next round, taking the shor- swords, shooting them again. Very few units can take three shots from Bowman without some kind of response. And that unit was no different. So to start the game, he was significantly handicapped. Um, he responded well. He went to the bags and shot me with his uh, Stormcrow Bowman, shot my, heat, well, seven dice sitting on fours, He hit six times. I failed all six saves. Then with Zerkers, I failed my panic test and ended up with like three Hmm. guys left. So he really forced my hand there because he wasn't activated yet. So I just suicide charged into the Bowman, killed the Bowman. He played Lash Out, and I survived with one wound left. I was actually very excited about that. Cool, I got berserkers behind you now. I forgot what Alana does. So I took an auto wound and that was that. So he got off to a bad start, but he ended up killing both my units of Zerkers before my Tully Cavs kind of wiped them off the table. And I did end up tabling him, I think in round three, but it wasn't, it wasn't as easy as that. Um, and then Brett happened. So I (laughs) opened up, I had a good hand and his, uh, His poor fellows were staring down my Tully Cavaliers or in Helen Reed. And I'm like, okay, I've got devastating impact. I'm going to charge him. I'm going to hit him. And if I don't kill him, I also have, what's the name of that card? I also had Bog Devil Ambush in my hand. So I was like, well, if I don't kill him, the card will. So I hit him, and he had that nifty little hand there where he only took eight wounds, I think, on 13 hits or something like that. I wasn't too happy, but I mean it happens, so waited for him to activate, like okay, bog devil ambush. I rolled a three on the d three he needed to roll two sixes to keep the unit alive. He rolls two sixes, and that pretty much is how that game went. <laughs> um, at one point, I had the option I was engaged with him, I was down to my last rank on one of my Tully shields, and I had uh I can't remember the name of the cards all of a sudden. I had Northern Ferocity in my hand. So either I can heal them, or I can play Northern Ferocity and really mess up his knights and kind of take them out of the fight. I gambled. I did the attack. He had counterplot. So that didn't help much. And the same thing happened on another play I tried to make later. I was going to try to get his uh, mountain stuck off in the middle of nowhere when he activated them. Um, he ne- But he had counterplot again. I played uh, cramming traps to get him to his negative two movement, so he wasn't going to be able to charge me. But counterplot, rolled a three up, then rolled to make his four up charge, and that was the game winner. So it is what it is. Well, maybe I'll get him next time. And the last game, which was fire and blood, was... I was determined to not fall all the way down out of the top five. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I really got to do something big here. And then he put his army on the table and it was uh, a Gregor list with two mountains, men, halberds with Gregor knights. It, it, it didn't look good for me for a bit, but, uh, I ran Rob. So I had two units of Zerkers and Bowman and Tully Cav and he didn't want to do anything to do with that either. So he kept creeping backwards and I just kept creeping forwards and drawing more cards. I made sure to stay at 11 and a half inches so that I could always, you know, switch advance or whatever, get easy charges, but stayed completely out of his legal charge range. And I just waited and waited and turned four. It wasn't a single attack until turn four. And I got a shot off of Bowman, did a bunch of damage to his, uh, uh, mountains men, then hit him with Tully Cav, got in his flank, and just kind of rolled him up left to right. And again, it wasn't as easy as it sounds. I lost Zerkers and a dog. and But since the game went as long as it did before any attacks happened, I was sitting there with, I think, 11 tactics cards, and they're all attack cards. So it all just kind of went in my favor, and I ended up tabling him too. So, but overall, it was a good time. I got to play people I'd never played before, finally. Um, and that's the whole point of traveling early in the end. So I really appreciate you guys having us out. Really enjoyed it.
3: Well, I, th- yeah, I, think I don't we think, all uh, making the trip. what was that? Oh, I was just going to say, I think, I think we all appreciate you making the trip. Um, it was, yeah. I mean, like, like we said at the beginning, um, and the out-of-towners really, really helped to solidify this event and make it what it was. And uh, at the end of the day, this is, again, I, I've said it a couple of times, but I just want to kind of make a reminder. This this event was the the CMON-sponsored Gen Con event. So, I mean, it's not the same as the Gen Con convention, but as far as the Gen Con A Song of Ice and Fire tournament, that's what this was, so. Uh, we really yeah. appreciate you it, making that trip, even though you know you didn't get the the convention experience. Uh, just the fact that you guys drove as far as you did to play in the tournament and you know support support Shane's door and support the community and, and the whole Midwest was was really really awesome. So
1: well, it, it's a fun trip and it's a great location. There's hotels within walking distance, nice restaurants within walking distance. So I mean, it's it's a great place host it so we love making the trip
0: well thanks yeah agreed i think uh this is at least our third time going out there me and justin and then uh a nephew uh came this time and you know it's just it's a blast so anyone that's kind of on the fence definitely uh take that leap and you know try to make it out to the next one because uh you know, the more we get, the, you know, the bigger, you know, bigger it'll be. Uh, and, you know, it'd just be awesome time and, you know, come hang out with us and, you know, go out to eat and all that stuff. So, uh, how about you, Shane? Uh, you, uh, uh, with your starts, how'd that go for you?
2: So, uh, um, my, uh, I decided, you know, I I kind of like to play Starks and I and I had talked to Brett about this a while back that um you know I I wasn't going to play in the tournament that uh you know if if it absolutely came down to it, you know that uh, that was the plan um but we we tried to get Marty to be, you know, the the tiebreaker guy or someone else to be the tiebreaker guy and with uh with the numbers fluctuating and everything going the way it was Um, you know, I had a kind of my Tolly list that, uh, blackfish Tolly list that I've used before. And it's a lot of fun to play. It's very fast. It's got good morale. So it's survival. And, you know, one of the most powerful things in this game, um, is still Lannister supremacy. And Brett was like, Shane, you should play Lannister supremacy, show them. And I'm like, nope, nope, not going to do it. She's like, but they need to see it. They need to see what, what happens. And so, uh, you know, I've I played that a couple times and come close to uh, – well, I won the uh, Depticon, not just last year because we didn't have it, but year before last. Uh, or, no, I didn't win it, but I came close to winning. We did multiple armies multiple days, and the second day I chose not to play Lannister Supremacy because I didn't, uh, didn't want to take the tournament. There were so many local players up there, and so I played Free Folk after day two – on day two, I mean – and so, anyway, I just I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to play. It was a tournament that I was kind of running. Um, so, But um, the long and the short of it was we ended up, and Marty didn't want to play. He wanted to observe, and uh, he wanted to record and make notes and, and take notes. And he actually said he's probably going to have to leave early, so he didn't want to play. And so Brett kind of forced me in a corner. And I said, well, I'll play. But here's the problem is is I do not you know want to win my own tournament um, but I'm not gonna let just you know go let throw the games and let people win I'll give them a good strong opponent I'll play the best of my ability and then you know what happens what happens and so uh my my list was Brendan Tully or a uh, blackfish in uh Tully blackfish in uh, sworn swords and then I had uh, Tully Sworn Shields with Rick and Osha in it and Shaggy Dog off to the side. And then I had uh, two units of Tully Cavaliers. Um, and then, let's see, I used... Uh, uh, Brett, what were my NCUs? You you know better because you played uh, them. <laughs> yep. Santa, Arya, and Eddard in that list, where you're, where you're? Yeah, yeah Eddard Stark, you. that's it. Yeah, Eddard was the bl- the one I was blanking out. So I switched those up and, and round uh, in the second one because I used uh, Tully Cavaliers and Tully Outriders with the Tully, uh, mounted Tully in my list, too. But I, I didn't really want to play that one. Uh, it's got too many really sneaky, devious twists to it. And I just, when I play that, it's because I'm going for f- blood. Um, so I didn't play the mounted Tully. Um, so my first opponent was, um, um, Night's Watch. And so we played in Game of Thrones and that was pretty straightforward. Um, you know, I, uh, unfortunately I, uh, I don't have as good a memory and didn't take great notes of my matches as, as you guys did. But, uh, that was, uh, I think I ended up playing, uh, a fairly experienced guy. He was he was a good player. He, he knew what he was doing, and we we definitely went uh, went at each other um, right out of the gate. the The problem was is my low morales and my healing ability with Adur and everything. I was getting the charges off first. I was healing. I was passing my morale, morales, and um, his units didn't have the survivability because I kind of I ran the Tully. Cavaliers as a one-two Punch and so I would just make sure that I could get a double charge on any unit I was going after and um, The um, it, it was not a pretty thing When a unit gets hit with two units Of Tully Cavaliers charging So um, I think I let I let Them choose to go first and they did choose to go first. So, you know, um I I have a I have a big like of choosing my side of the board, and most of the time people want that first cho- choice of the uh the tactics board, so I always kind of give them what they want, and then I plan my game accordingly. So, as I was as I was planning out my tax, you know, I uh I let him move up he moved up where I could get within range. Um, round two came up, and then I just double-charged his first unit, wiped it out, maneuvered and pivoted, and then I let him get a charge on my Tully Cavaliers and then charged with the other Tullys back into him. So it just the, – the game spiraled real quick. When, when you start to – when you've got seven or eight activations to seven or eight activations, and then you lose a couple units in round two and round three, And all of a sudden you're down to three or four activations to seven activations. There's not a whole lot you can do. You kind of just watch the game start to spiral out of control. Um, So ended that game um, with a strong finish. And um, it was, um, we were using that uh, special points and I think I got max points four on that one. And so, uh, then we, we we set up for round two, and um, I was sitting up there talking, and I'd ask a couple of people how they did, and I found out kind of who the winners were and such, and I kind of found out some points. And that's when Brett come walking up to me. And I think Brett already knew, but I said, just to, just to mess with him, I said, hey, Brett, you and I are playing next round. He goes, how do you know? And I said, we're just playing next round. I'm, you're going to have to face me. And, and and Brett, like I said, I think Brett already knew because he said, yeah, we are playing each other. And there was something else he said, I think, in there like mumbled under his breath kind of. But uh, <laughs> I gave him, <laughs> it's possible I gave him a I, good run I had for his some... money.
3: Yeah, uh, you did more what than give say... me a good run for my money. <laughs> I was just saying you did more than just give me a good run for my money. Uh, uh I, yeah my brain was shut off after, after all of those games.
2: So anyway, (laughs) uh, Brett and I, as, as, as he said, he talked, uh, he talked a little bit about our game. Um, It was, it was really close. I started out in the advantage and I, he was coming from behind the eight ball from the first round or two Um, and his card draws and, and, and his tactics were spot on. Uh, I don't think you. I thought about our game afterwards, and I think we messed up one minor thing, which would have given Brent an advantage sooner. Because I think um, I think one of my units failed a panic test on the left side of the board, which I think that would have given him the the token, and he would have scored the victory points one round earlier than he did. I think we messed that up but I'd have to go back and see the video because in my mind's eye, we messed it up, but I felt like we did everything right in the game. So, Hey, I
3: am on the phone. Sorry.
2: (laughs) So anyway, getting um, rowdy over there. Yeah. Yeah. They get rowdy often. It's okay. (laughs) So the, um, the, uh, that game was, was really close neck and neck the whole time and uh, we we really uh, we were really playing and over analyzing and, and double checking all of our stuff and and at the end uh, Brecht's tactics just won out over the the Tully my tactics so um, that was a really good game it was fun but it was very tense because it was really down to the wire and we finished uh the score doesn't doesn't show it quite as as good as it did but I think we finished was it 11-7 Brett? Yeah, I think I can go double check really quick. It might have
3: even been closer to that. Um I know it didn't count as a crushing win so it was not a 4-point spread. I think it was a, uh either 10 to 7 or 11 to 8.
2: Yeah, maybe. Okay, so anyway, it was just it was a really good game. It was really close, and then uh, the last the last round, uh, we we went to time. It was uh, Brett pulled in the last I think three victory points the last round, which really made the big spread. Up until that point, like most most of the way through the game, Brett was coming from behind, and then he was uh, he was trying to catch up, and then he obviously did the, some and and some extra. But it was man, it was a great game. So then I went to the second game and uh played Night's Watch again. Uh I guess um or Jason Gilmore. Uh and that was a good game. Uh the scenario was the secret mission scenario. And he was a good player. Um he he did all the tactics and everything right. But he we got a one of the secret missions we got was um the victory points on the charge uh, whenever a unit successfully charges and uh, so I let him go first and he moved up um, and did some things and he um, took first player and he did not get rid of that card he got rid of something else um, that was probably even more neutral for either one of us neither one of us got victory points off the one he got rid of but then he turned up one that was one of the units destroyed. You get victory points. And then, so that round, I had four or five charges in round two because he just moved everything up so far. So I hit him with everything and got victory points from all that. I killed two of the units got victory points uh, from, no, we didn't get victory points from, uh, from killing or something else. Oh, heck, I don't remember, but anyway, it was it just it wasn't a, a unit bashing mission. neither one of us really lost anything. it was uh, He lost the two units the whole game, but it was just I was able to capitalize on all the secret mission um, victory points and and I think we we ended that twelve to twelve to two or something like that uh he He didn't get any charges off. Uh, he left that in. I was able to charge again in round three and got some more victory points from it. So it just, it was a, the game wasn't as one sided as the points looked, but because of the secret missions, it was a solid victory. Um, So, and I think, uh, I think he was uh, very happy with how he played but he wasn't happy with how the victory points came out we talked about it afterwards and he said i just couldn't i couldn't monopolize on any of the secret missions so i just knew the game was lost and then round four which sorry uh sorry to say this brett but round four i played um, a new guy to the store named jake Uh, he was playing starks and he had uh, great swords and he had uh, a unit of Um, Tully Sworn Shields, and he had a unit of uh, Tully Cavaliers and a a unit of Outriders, Um, and he had Edard and he had Sansa, and that was a really fun game. Um, But he just couldn't. He put all of his money and all of his tactics into trying to kill uh, Osha's unit with Ricken, and they. He just couldn't get through them. He couldn't do enough damage. He'd get them down to, uh, kill a rank off and take damage, kill another rank off, take damage. I would, uh, I did a retreat and then charge with them, healed them again, passed morale, healed them again. Um, a lot of shenanigans, but he had them, he had them down a few times, but he ended up putting two units into him, And because he kept trying to charge me instead of taking the free attack, um, he let me get the free attack off, and so I used that. And and then because I had the free attack, when he'd kill a rank, he'd take a D3. It was just really bad. It ended up, that unit ended up killing two full units just from OSHA, losing ranks and then healing back up and losing ranks. Um, so he, he, he really liked the game as well. He said he learned a lot because of all the little shenanigans that uh, – the blackfish and and the Tullys did, um, and so at the end, you know, I ended up my one loss to Brett, which, um, at the end of the day, I walked away, and I think that was a uh, that was a uh, a victory anyway because uh, I rattled Brett enough that he was sweating the rest of the day. So it was a good <laughs> tournament. I I definitely uh, when I when I was when I you know went in to play it. I was like, you know, it's, I just, I can't go in and just throw the games. So I'll go in and play as if I'm a player trying to win the tournament. And so I have to do that and honor dictates that, you know, you play honorably and and such. So I gave everybody a good opponent and um, I gave some people uh, too good of an opponent. So it was a fun tournament. You know, I'm glad that everybody came and I'm glad that, uh, um, Everybody enjoyed it. We gave out a lot of prizes. I think everybody walked away with some really, really cool things. We had uh, Unsullied Swordsmen. Simon had uh, donated, um, you know, a large number of boxes. Brett donated stuff to give away. Um, you know, the radio station here and and uh, David, you gave away a ton of stuff. Um, appreciate. There was a, a regional... Uh, you know, a regional push from everybody to make it a nice event. Um, I would have liked to have seen more of the Indianapolis crowds come out. I would have liked to have seen more participation from the Indianapolis meta since we used to have, and I say used to, we used to have probably the biggest meta in the country. Um, but most, most of the guys are the pandemic just staying home. And I understand that. And I don't, uh, fault them anything for that but uh it seems out of 20 some guys we should have had more than two come in
0: but oh well yeah probably next time though i think uh think all this uh you know be over before we know it and get back to back to life and the way things were and see huge turnout huge uh surge in people wanting to get back out there and get uh or armies on the field. And uh, I just wanted to throw this out there. So anyone, because I know people have mixed feelings about, uh, you know, uh, like people running the tournaments, playing in the tournaments, and this and that, uh, Shane and even Brett denied any prizes whatsoever, uh, and they all got uh, grandfathered down to the next places. So, uh, I mean, that is an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, I think Craig, you actually ended up getting, uh, a s uh, a, a starter box, if I'm not mistaken. Well, one that will be sent to you.
1: Yeah. Yep. So Which I appreciate,
0: uh, I just want to, so I just want to throw that out there because, uh, I know there's probably some people, you know, hearing, hearing all this, that. uh, Shane, uh, he not only did not accept any of the prizes, he uh, hosted us, gave us a ton of, uh, you know, uh, prize support. And, you know, if it wasn't for him and his store, uh, we wouldn't have been able to have this awesome event. So uh, thank you, Shane, for hosting. Oh, my pleasure.
2: Yeah, we gave away a Hand of the King box set. We gave away... Rose Knights and Ruler of Faithful. I mean, we had a bunch of good prizes, Um, and that's you know that's what I told Brad. I said, you know, the guys that I beat give my picks. Um, So yeah, it was a good time. Thanks, thanks for saying that. That's
0: that's kind of you. Yeah, of course. And then I guess uh, next up would technically be me, but uh, fourth place is. Getting kind of down there, so I'm just going to do a super uh, like recap of of uh, my running. So I did go three and one. Um, I think uh, if you guys, uh, anyone can go on the Song of Ice and Fire stats and look at all the um, all the breakdowns of everything and all the players, uh, I believe I only uh, what was it Craig and Shane. You guys were tied for the first tiebreaker, so you both were three and one. Then the second tiebreaker was special points. That was the margin of uh, victory, and then Craig uh, uh, only beat out Shane by going to the next um, tiebreaker, which was total points of units destroyed, which was eighty to sixty. So that, I mean that was it's about as close as it can get, um, you know, because that's only like what five points a game over the course of all four games. And then for me, uh I was only one special point away from you guys uh with my loss. So that means uh um you know all of the three and ones were so close. It was like the matter of like one special point each uh, with uh let's see, with you two be the only ones that actually tied in the first tiebreaker slots. Uh, It was you guys with 13, me with 12, uh, fifth with 11, then uh, Justin, 10, and then Chris Bloom with nine. So very, very close tournament. Um, First round, so I played Starks. Uh, I ran my usual Blackfish list that I talk about all the time. I made a small tweak. I took out Rickon and Mira and uh, downgraded uh, my Varus to have three points and I used those. uh, I downgraded Varus to Sansa and then with the three points I saved I threw an Aria. Aria. That way I still had the same number of activations but uh, I had more tactics board control. Um, I figured it might help me uh, in case there's a surge in Baratheons and a bunch of Axles out there trying to snipe my wolves. So uh, after trying it out, it definitely uh, felt a lot more comfortable. Uh, I may have lost that wolf on the field, but I also lost the additional victory point that I might give up if Rickon died because my list is pretty, I wouldn't necessarily say glass cannon, but it's super offensive. So uh, you never know if you get, like, one-shotted. So I think overall it was a good change. Uh, my three wins were actually all with uh, blackfish. My one loss is when I switched over to my Holland Reed list, um, which I still feel was the better option uh, of the two. Uh, But in that list, I had two Berserkers, a Sworn Sword. Um, Let me uh, double-check just to make sure I have it correct. Um, Where is it? All right, here it is. It's two Berserkers with no attachments, a Sworn Sword with Mira to make it Krangman, Sworn Sword with no attachment, and a Krang- Krangman Trackers with Warden, uh, Howland, Walder, and Varus. And then, of course, in both my list, I put the highest in shell, you know, because why not? <laughs> uh, so, had a very strong NC lineup uh, to really, you know, wreak havoc on uh, not only the tactics board, but uh, with their effects. And then I still had five combat units uh, with uh, two Krangman units being out there for Howland's effects. Now, uh, for my first game, uh, I played against, was, it was a Brassian player. Uh, it was pretty cl- uh, close at first. I attempted to one-shot uh, his, was it, uh, I attempted to, or like a one-two punch his uh, Stagnite's and instead he played uh, Hours of the Fury and 1-2 punched my Hodor unit, killing it, and I thought right from there it was going to be a bad day. But things started to turn around, and that game ended, uh, I believe, 14-4. to four. Then on to the next round, which was free Freefolk, um, with tons of Raiders and Bears all over the place. Uh, that one, I think, I only really ended up winning... Uh, as well as I did because uh, deployment kind of hurt uh, hurt him really bad so it was in dance with dragons and he moved all of them up all side by side and then when he charged me the back end of his tray was still touching both units on either side so they couldn't shift properly so they were still legal charges because they were over 50%. But now, because the remainder of my tray had less than 50%, nothing else could charge me because everything else was still in my front arc. And he didn't have Lady Val and uh, no other way to kind of get into my flank. So I was able to, the whole game, uh, with my high morale and my blackfish list, with everything being four up, uh, I was able to just one-on-one all of his units uh, he started to come back a little bit. Uh, he was able to do two endless hordes uh, on the same round by taking the both unactivated and then came in and really started to turn things around as far as what you saw was killed on the field. But by that time, uh, I believe the game ended 11-4. to 4. Uh, And then the third round, I faced uh, Chris Bloom and his uh, Starks. We both ran Howland against Howland in Dark Wings, Dark Words. That one, uh, I'm a little salty about, but uh, overall, it was an awesome game. Uh, he he uh, he played an awesome game and came back. Uh, my mistake was being too uh, reserved. I'm a very aggressive player, and I think that kind of hurt me. So the very first uh, round, there was the objective where you can forego an NCU to gain a point, so I just played the stall tactic, and for two straight Uh, for all of round two and all of round three, I got six victory points uh, just for not doing anything on the tactics board. Uh, And he didn't do it once, I don't think. And then there was the one where you get a point if you control one objective and only one. So I believe by round start of round four, I was already eight to like one point. And then that's where everything turned. Because I had been so reserved and kept backing away and just collecting my points knowing that I was biding my time and that there was almost no way he could uh, keep me from reaching 12 before he could catch up. Well, at the end of my turn where I got to pick the card up and then replace it because you're no longer, uh, I I think it used to be that you could ditch the one that you pick up, but since you can't, you have to lay it and swap it. The one I pick up is your opponent gets, uh, You get four points if you're in your de- opponent's deployment. And so because I placed it, that meant it was going to be two full rounds before I was going to be able to get rid of that card. Well, he was already backed, backed me up into my deployment and two straight rounds of eight points. And then the last round he was able to mop me up and nine points all in one go. So even though I lost, the victory points was 19 to 15. And with the uh, way the secondary uh, points work or the special points by the margin of victory, you only need to be four points higher to get the max points and for, if you lose to get the worst points. So even though I got 15 points, uh, I still uh, got the worst result uh, possible. So uh, a little salty, but like I said, I still had a blast and it was a very, very close game came down to one just random card kind of coming up and kind of ruined my day. But, uh, you know, fourth place, I definitely can't complain, uh, especially when the only loss I had was down to the wire in a very fun game. Uh, Chris Bloom is an awesome opponent. I've uh, I've had the pleasure of facing off with him in the last tournament. Uh, last round, uh, what one was that? That was the uh, Fire and Blood, correct? Um, and that one I faced... Uh, what did I face in the last round? Um, can't remember. Uh, want to say it was Lannisters? Let's see. I'll go to rounds. Round I'll go four. have it for you.
3: If you if you want to skip to Justin, you can go back. I'll go find it for you.
0: Um, let's see. I found it. Um. So I faced. Yeah, it was Lannisters and. Um, he played, oh yeah, he played Tyrion so in um, this one I think I got sort of lucky, it still ended 10-4, to 4, so a fairly uh, comfortable victory, but um, all things considered though he didn't pass a single Tyrion counter, like his order counterplot, I forget what the name of it but the 5-up roll order uh, he didn't pass a single one of those and he didn't draw a single uh, he only drew one delay orders while not having the mail. So I still got to pick the next unit and he only drew one adaptive tactics and no cunning ploys. Uh, so Tyrion, my opinion, best commander in the game, uh, best lineup of three cards uh, commander could ask for in a very solid ability. Uh, the fact that you take all that out of the equation and you know, you're really not being much out of him. So I think, uh, to give credit where credit's due, I think, um, the game would have been a lot closer if maybe, you know, who knows, maybe I wouldn't even have won, uh, had he been able to get, uh, his key, uh, you know, cards to kind of come back and beat me out in there. Uh, but again, with my blackfish list, it's three berserkers and a umber great ax. And, um, at that point what do you mark because you know you're given two extra attacks to some really scary units so for him I was able to I think mark some poor fellows and uh, the mountain that rides and though the mountain that rides can be kind of scary with six attacks uh, if I can position correctly and kind of get in there with a nice charge um, with some like a ton of attacks from berserkers then you know I could take him out before he becomes a problem, so but yeah, uh that was kind of what I faced, and uh we can kind of before we jump into like some of the interesting stats uh that uh happened over the weekend, uh, we'll end off with uh justin so Justin, you were the only neutral player in the whole tournament, and you still took sixth place. Three and one, and like I mentioned before, it all came down to the, you know, to very small differences. Like you could have just as easily been, you know, the second place if, you know, just slight differences happened throughout the day. Uh, that's how close everything was. And being the only neutral player to go, you know, three and one, or the only neutral player in the tournament and going three and one, you know, says a lot. I I will win one of these tournaments. That's my goal with neutrals.
4: (laughs) Someday everyone will be like, oh, I should play neutrals because I win one tournament. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's my hope. And then I can get some sweet card sleeves. Uh, No, so this tournament, (laughs) out of every tournament I've been in with Ice and Fire, uh, because I do do a pretty good amount of them, uh, this was stressful in the best kind of way. Like, I did not have a single easy game they weren't like annoying at all. Like all four of them, it was really hard to choose a favorite opponent because all four opponents were just fantastic players, fantastic opponents. Uh, It was a blast the whole time I was, I was doing what Brett was doing the whole time, just sweating, uh, trying to figure it out. I came up with like, I don't know, like a dozen new ways to do things, just trying to not lose because every game was super close. Um, So the first game I played Lannisters against Calvin. Sorry, I don't know anyone's last name, so I'm just going with first names. (laughs) Um, But he was a Lannister player. I don't know if he's part of the Ohio group per se, but he's from Ohio and kind of came with them. Um, Super fun player, really difficult to play against uh, just because of his skill. Uh, Like I said, he played Lannisters. I can't remember exactly the list, but, of course, the Mountain of was in there. Pretty sure I killed him, but. I don't remember exactly uh, that game. He had two Warrior Sons, which were the centerpiece, and it's very hard right now to kill Warrior Sons with neutrals. Uh, I just I I couldn't get through them. I think I brought them down to their last rank like three, four times total between the two of them throughout the game. Um, and I was running for that one. I ran a Ruthless, hoping that Calculated Cruelty and Walder would be able to um, do some work for me. Uh, unfortunately. Walter got shut off by the Game of Thrones card, <laughs> you know, naturally. <laughs> and then um, uh, I didn't really get calculated cruelty, but like once, and I think I was forced to shut down knights maybe, or was it? It might have been, been Gregor. Um, but that game really, uh, the big part of it was I just couldn't get through those um, those warrior sons. And I did get, roll snake eyes on a really important panic test for bastards Girls, so that was kind of unfortunate, but, you know, that's life. Uh, Walder also failed, uh, three, Walder times also and, failed three times. And, oh, now I can hear myself. Okay, I think I'm good. Uh, he <laughs> failed three times that game. Throughout the, the weekend, though, I played five games. And my worst record yet, I think I said he failed 14 out of 20 because I used all five of them or all four of them, all five games. Oh was rough. It was a rough weekend. <laughs> um, but super fun game. Uh, like There were parts where I couldn't tell if he was like, angry or not, my opponent. Turns out he was just really concentrating, trying not to lose because I give him a run for his money. But I ended up losing that one. Uh, totally fair. I think it was like 10-8. to eight. He had a lot more kill points than me. I had barely any. <laughs> and then my second game, I played Adam. A free Folk guy. Came with uh, Chris from Sunday Slaughter. Great dudes. Great opponent. Free Folk. Um, I barely won that one. Actually, I feel mostly terrible about it because I won simply based off of failed charge. He needed a four, and he got a three. He would have got an objective. Even if he didn't kill the unit that he charged, which he probably would have, he would have won the game because of it. Uh, and it was it was that close the whole time. And it went back and forth the whole time, too. I think three times throughout that game, I'm like, I'm going to lose, but i got to stick to it. Uh, and it just went back and forth. It was super crazy. I don't remember any sticks except I really hate playing against Manthin to you. It was awful. That dude was worth his weight in gold
3: that game he
4: every round someone lost abilities because i just couldn't keep the tokens uh between the two of us there were like a dozen tokens on the table at any one point it was insane uh third game i played the same person that both brett and uh, dave played mulkey actually uh i've played him three times now tournaments Uh, he's one of Craig's friends uh, from Ohio. I would like to say he's one of my friends, too. Uh, Super fun guy to play against. Very much enjoy our games. He was the uh, bear circus guy. Yeah, same list against me. A lot of bears. Oh, so many bears. Uh, I managed to kill all the bears without attacking them because cutthroats excel at killing raiders. Uh, But that game had a pretty funny highlight, so that was Darkwing's Dark Words. And uh, he used the eagle to uh, Weeper, Commander, and Bone Boys to charge my Bastards Girls pretty far away. It was a good charge. Uh, Almost killed him, and then it was looking good for him. Uh, And then the next card that he drew, because he had priority that round, was kill the enemy commander. So his commander's behind my lines, except my commander, Ramsey and Cutthroats, was standing an inch away from his flank. And I had priority. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, but I'm going to kill you now. And so I got four points just immediately just by wrecking his face. Uh, It was very bad luck on his part (laughs) Uh, because I think it was 5-1 to at that point. Uh, That one ended – actually, the last game and this game both ended in draws on victory points, and I just got more kill points. Um, I think that one I ended up with a lot more kill points because I slaughtered the poor Raiders everywhere. Um, And then my last game, I played against Jason from the Ohio group. He was playing Night's Watch. I was fairly certain in round one, like after one, one thing, I was like, oh, this is going to go great. I'm going to wipe out Dario and Sworn Bros. Uh, nope, that, that didn't happen at all. I got two charges off with Cutthroats into Sworn Bros. Uh, so two full charge attacks. One was with Brawn. I don't remember whose turn on that turn. But his save rolls were so immaculate that it took me, I believe, seven attacks with Cutthroats throughout the course of the game. Um, with mostly full ranks and with Braun and a Stormcrow lieutenant mostly turned on throughout the course of these attacks. Uh, and he just kept making saves. He, I think he only had to use shields once and a couple heals, but nothing like not the normal Knights Watch big heals. He just, he wouldn't die. And when I first saw him move so far up, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. He's so far extended. And no, he wouldn't go down. He never even used Dario's ability, so it was really just naked swarm bros. And nope, nothing. That almost cost me the game because of how long it took me. Because the rest of my army was basically dead by the time I finally got through them. Uh, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to go two and two. I really wanted to go three and three because, like you said, depending on victory points, uh, I knew there was a small chance that I had of getting fairly high pre- placed. Um, but like I said, so that that ends that. But uh, all four Games were incredibly close, incredibly stressful. It took a lot of concentration. I think I went through 24 cards in my deck uh, because I brought them back four times, give or take, like every game. Um, Ah, that's right. An Adam's game. I was fishing for Cruel Methods. There were six cards left in my deck, so I discarded my whole hand. Now, my last three cards happened to be Spoils of War, Spoils of War, and Cruel Methods, so it was really depressing. That was the highlight. That's that.
0: Nice. Yeah, and uh one thing that popped in my head that I wanna low key uh throw out there and maybe I'm just late to the party on this one, but uh in my first game against a Baratheon player, he had stagnites with Dario. Man, I mean I don't know if uh I don't know how I didn't see that combo, but that unit was scary. Uh you know granted you can't pick a you know until you lose a rank, but Man, uh, that unit did a lot of work throughout the game. Uh, so just want to throw that out there because, you know, I kind of been sleeping on that combo. Um, yeah, that's kind of everyone uh, everyone that's on right now. That's uh, kind of what uh, our list looked like and our opponents and kind of how we got to the results that we had. A couple of the facts I want to throw out there, some of the, like, stats that you can – uh, find on uh, com. Definitely go check that out if you haven't been there already. Uh, make an account, you know, submit your games. Uh, the more you submit, the, you know, the better, uh, the more accurate uh, things are going to be. And the more, you know, we'll be able to understand uh, how things are doing and how the power level is. And don't be scared to, like, try out different commanders and try to get uh, get some more data in there. Uh, especially some of the commanders that probably don't see much play. Uh, We definitely want to see if maybe there's a hidden gem out there, a hidden commander that no one uses, that's actually a lot better than uh, they seem like. And maybe uh, some that are used all the time that are kind of overrated. So the only way to really do that is uh, the more you submit, the more you uh, go on there and, uh, you know, contribute. So uh, it's pretty easy. So, All you have to do, make an account, and then uh, it only asks for, like, victory points, your commander, and then your opponent's info, and then you're done. Submit it, they verify, and you're all good to go. What I like to do is uh, I have, like, a little notepad with me, and I'll just write down what information I'm going to have to input. And at the end of the day, I go home, and I take, like, five minutes to input all, like, three games that I did for that day, and then I'm done. So definitely go check the site out. Uh, That's where I'm going to get some of the stats uh, I'm about to mention, Uh, and you can kind of see some of the other stats that uh, I don't touch upon. So uh, by faction, um, we had for the players, we had first was Lannisters, second, third, and fourth were all Starks, and we had Baratheons and neutral Starks, Free Folk, uh, Night's Watch Lannisters. That was the top ten. Um, though there's a lot of Starks in there, keep in mind, uh, th- uh, just shy of a third of all the players that were in the tournament were Starks. So that, uh, that will lend a hand to why so many Starks uh, made it up top. But as far as I'm aware, uh, I mean, most players usually just play what they're comfortable with. Um, cause I know in like at least from my experience in like uh the Warhammer uh forty K community. A lot of people jump ship and play the new hot thing. Um a lot of the Stark players that uh I'd seen at the event were they're naturally Stark players. They're uh so um you know it's not uh people jumping ship and you know jumping on the bandwagon uh for the you know new strong thing. And I think Brett uh what was the interesting stat that you had found about the,
3: the wolves? Oh, I was just saying that the the three dire wolf wasn't super predominant. Now, Chris did run it um, in one of his lists, but it wasn't his primary. I think his primary was the Great John list. And then I think Craig, if I'm not mistaken, had it. But uh, Craig leans more into Howland as his primary commander. So I was just pointing out that it, it – uh, the 10 activation Stark wasn't anywhere near as predominant as it is in some of the worldwide events where, where those lists tend to be the really dominant type of lists. Well, and they're
2: not playing you and I,
3: Brett.
0: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: <laughs>
0: so yeah. So, Starks, uh were at a solid 32%. And then uh, some neutrals... We're only at five uh, percent, but that uh, that equated to just Justin and uh, you know his camp of one. Yeah, <laughs> some more <funny>. people got to. <laughs> some more people got to start joining that neutral uh, bandwagon. Um, no Targaryens. Uh, I am not surprised. Uh, if you were to ask me, I would not be surprised that the percentage would be low for them. But if you told me that there wouldn't be a single Targaryen, that is something that surprises me. Uh especially because uh uh Brett, the Swordmasters were legal, correct? It's just the faithful and uh Rose Knights that weren't.
3: Correct. We decided to let the, the Swordmasters in because they were supposed to be retail released. Um did have some problems getting them in the U S. So I uh spoke with Shane and he didn't have an issue with it um as far as allowing them to go in. Um because we really wanted to see Targaryen players, but no one ended up seeing, no one ended up bringing Targaryen.
0: Yeah, that's that's surprising because uh, the Dothraki, are, are not the uh, the Unsullied are super strong um, right now. So I was surprised not to see at least a single player, you know, rocking the Unsullied. Uh, and then between all the other factions—Lannisters, uh, Night's Watch, Free Folk, and Baratheons we all between eight, uh, Night's Watch and Lannisters, is 18%, and, uh, Baratheon and Free Folk, 14%. So nearly identical between all the other factions. So a nice, uh, other than, you know, a little, you know, other than there being a lot of, uh, Starks and almost no Targaryens, or no Targaryens and almost no neutrals, it was a nice, uh, mixture of things throughout the tournament. Um, now, uh, Craig, uh, was there anything that kind of stood out to you between uh, anything that you had seen, either like uh, between factions, commanders, uh, just something that you saw throughout the day that kind of uh, sparked your interest? Uh, yes.
1: Um, the Mountain Mountain was legal for this tournament. And I because of that, I expected there to be a lot of Lannisters. Uh, in Indy, last January... There was only two Lannister players, or maybe three. So I expected that to change because of the Mountain. And it did change. Three of my four games were against Lannisters. There were quite a few other Lannister players there. But I only encountered the Mountain Mountain once. And that surprised me, because I thought that would be the whole reason why people were switching back to the Lannisters. Um, Something else I ran into, too, was a lot more two-NCU lists. I think Brett was the only opponent I played that actually had three which is in hmm. stark contrast to what it was back in January or what um, common knowledge says it should be.
0: So that really... And yeah, now that I think me. about it, now that I think about it, I think I only faced one opponent that had three. It's possible that one of the uh, two of them had three, but I know at least two of them uh, were only two, and one was... Three that uh, the last person I can't remember, but yeah, I'm surprised that we didn't see uh, more three NC uh, lists. Then, then again, you know, I don't think the three NC uh, like meta has fully taken over out here. I think people are just now starting to warm up to it. Um, well, you, but you uh, guys
3: can speak for yourselves. I played three NCUs every single round. <laughs>
0: I didn't, I didn't get a break <laughs> from it at all.
4: Me, too. <laughs> Personally,
1: I think oh, I'm going the opposite I, way. I, I think I'm going back to two.
3: I lied. I lied. Chris Bloom ran two. The other yeah, three ran three. Yeah, so, yeah I Chris, probably
2: wouldn't run Aria. I probably wouldn't run Arya in favor of adding something else, but there's not a whole lot of low point units for starts. Yeah, that's fair. All right.
1: I think Arya is almost a must-add for a Helen reed list, though, with trackers.
3: Yeah, well, honestly, um, Shane's list functions perfectly with the those three House Tully units. Um, that is another thing that made his list so tough. When he played uh, Refuse to Yield, it was D3 plus one wounds every time he played it. I was like, I am never going to kill these guys, ever. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
2: Well, guys, I'm going to go. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for the time. Um, is there anything else you wanted from me, David? you want to ask me anything else?
0: or No, I think we uh, we got a really good, uh, you know, your side of everything. And I, like I said, I appreciate you hosting and, you know, uh, having the shot for us to hold these awesome events. Well,
2: we well, hopefully the pandemic can lo- loosen up and then we can have another regional-style event. Thanks guys, thanks for everything and thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the support. God bless. Thanks, you Shane. Well. yeah, thank you. We'll
3: see we'll see you this week, Shane. All right, bye. Well, Brett will. See
2: ya.
3: Yeah. I call <laughs> myself wee for some reason. Was you are crazy. That, now Very one thing, thing I wanted bad. to
0: <laughs> One thing I wanted to bring up was uh the commander entries breakdown. So uh, there was four commanders uh, that were seen quite a bit uh, compared to any of the others. Um, besides these four commanders, the, and Ramsey? the next most... Huh? Was
4: it Roos and Ramsey?
0: Obviously. <laughs> it was, uh, well, Roos, uh, it does break it down by faction too. So Roos is on here twice one listed as neutral, one listed as Baratheon. So, but, uh, no, there's four commanders that were seen quite a bit. Every other commander was seen either two, one, or none. Uh, The four that were seen uh, quite a bit were Blackfish and John Snow at five times each. Uh, This is for submitted lists. Technically, you know, uh, it's possible that they didn't see the table, but I doubt it. Um, And then High Sparrow and Holland both at four. So, looking at Starks, Night's Watch, Lannister, um, those three factions were uh, pretty uh, heavy on those uh, commanders. Now, with that said, uh, Free Folk had a really good mixture of stuff um, between Harma, Weeper, Steer, Mance. Um, you know, they had a nice mix of a little bit of everything between all the different uh, Free Folk players, so that was good to see. Uh, same with Baratheans. Um Let's see, Baratheons had, uh, as far as I can see, they had two Renly, uh, Lord Paramount, two Courtney Penrose, Dennis Rightful heir. won Roos uh, in the Baratheon faction. So um, a nice breakdown there. But uh, with how low uh, Blackfish is kind of rated, I was surprised to see so many people running him. Um, whether or not uh, how well he did in this tournament um, overall says anything to whether or not um, he is underrated or maybe right where he should be. I think uh, one thing is to be said is that if, uh, not if five, if he's in five different lists that, uh, you know, people must still like him and find something, uh, appealing about him to have in their list. Uh, what, uh, what do you guys, uh, think about that? Let's uh, start with Brett. um,
3: I was actually, uh, working on something I did. I thought we were closing out. Um, I didn't actually hear the, uh, the splits on the commander. So if you, if you go to someone else really quick, I'll go to the staff site and have a look at it and then I'll, I'll weigh in okay. on it. All
0: right. I got it. Craig, what do you think? Uh, okay. got go ahead. Okay. I got
4: it. <laughs> um, I think it's really not surprising to me at all about the NCU commanders, because what you said, um, Howland, and who was the other one um, that was big? Uh, High, High Sparrow. High Sparrow, that's what it was, right. Yeah. So I think right now, and we've obviously talked about it plenty uh, on here, so it's, it shouldn't come as any surprise that they were really predominant. But not only is it because um, of the fact that having a free NCU is a huge thing in the game, but High Sparrow, even if you weren't, a, like, even if he was, I don't know anything. His cards are so powerful, like arguably ridiculously, or not even arguably ridiculously powerful. Just being able to block half the damage coming to you with protection of the mother, protection of the whoever, <laughs> and then father, <laughs> whatever. I'm just going to say the first word for each one, and everyone's going to understand what I mean. And then <laughs> healing four wounds is his worst card, but I mean. You need four wounds. That's pretty huge, and especially if you're going to run them in faith faithless, which is pretty smart. And even if you don't, you can run them in like a what well, a cab list, uh, putting a lot of guys at fours, threes with the weirwood tree. Or if you're really unlucky to fight in a team tournament with uh, Tully Cavalier and Knights, they're at a three, which is great. <laughs> that didn't happen or anything, obviously. He you knows he lost me the game, our champion,
3: everybody. No, oh, no, that the Knights of the Knights of Castle Rock that just completely refused to die with Cavaliers, Cav Cavaliers next to them, that was, just insane. Oh my God, it was no, even with even considering the Cavaliers, that was that was a bit of an anomaly, and it's not to take anything away from the game. Oh, yeah, and yeah, obviously, yeah. they put them in that position, but dude, we hit we hit a unit of Knights of Castle Rock with Sworn Brothers. We played Precision Enhancement three times. Uh, they were vulnerable every time we attacked them, and we attacked them with regular chop like two more times, so, and I charged them, so, and I had a half hand on them when I charged. So they took something like nine seventeen. they took like 40-something attacks from Sworn Brothers, and they were vulnerable every single time, <laughs> and we could not kill them couldn't kill them the entire game. Not to mention that, like I said, we kept procking precision and we hit them with precision hits and just could never kill that unit. I'd like to point out to all our viewers that the uh,
4: tried and true two-time Gen Con champion managed to kill literally nothing in our game and I
3: killed four units.
2: Oh, he, <laughs> helped, <bashing>. he helped <laughs> me out tremendously with
3: passive <laughs> drills in my, two turns. <laughs> my night Watch did nothing. Well, the
4: rest of my army kind of failed him, though. I only had one unit left that did all the damage. The rest of my army died trying to blunt (laughs) the damage to Brett, which is really funny considering they were just Bastard's Girls. (laughs) So they're not really made to blunt damage. Um, But yeah, back to the commanders. I'm sorry about that. It was just really funny. Um, It's really, really not surprising. I really wish I would have played Baratheon commanders because even though I would have hated to fight Courtney Penrose, uh, because I think he's really powerful. He's like definitely one of my favorites. So I'm a little bummed that I didn't get to play them. Anyways, I'm done. <laughs> so I,
3: particular...
2: I can
0: weigh in
3: on it. Okay. So I can weigh on it now. I had a look. I'm not. Um, I'm not surprised at all to see the High Sparrow. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think um, outside of Tyrion, who obviously I'm probably a little biased towards him, but out Outside of Tyrion he is largely the best Lannister commander even if it's even if the uh scenarios don't favor an n c u commander he is just so good and he's so good because uh he's able to get the poor fellows going and getting some faith tokens working and it's his cards that make the poor fellows great now on their own I use them to bunker Tyrion obviously, but that's more or less so that I don't have to worry about failing morale with, with my Tyrion unit. So if something sneaks in and gets, gets shots on Tyrion, I've found that he actually has a better chance of surviving in combat with his ability to heal and not fail morale test than the guardsmen with, who have a three plus defensive save, but poop for morale. So I've done it and, and I just feel like the poor fellows survive way better and they're faster. But not rambling about poor fellows, but the High Sparrow makes poor fellows good. Warrior Suns function just fine without the High Sparrow. Uh, he does get them started on their faith token business, but they'll function fine with their champion of faith without the High Sparrow. But it's just how good the High Sparrow is. And having Stalwart on demand just takes the, the Knights of Castle Rock from a maybe a, a, a 7 or 8 on defense, and they're up to a 9 or a 10. I mean, effectively... 3-plus defense, 4-plus morale with an ability that damages you out of turn when you attack them, uh, they just become ridiculous. And at that point, I don't think they really care about being bogged down when they're in a Sparrow list. So the Sparrow is really good. Um, And then Howland is obviously always a very good choice because he's, like, low-key defensive as well, and his cards are better than people think. So I think a lot of people sleep on Howland, and, and it's like, well, those cards aren't that great. Until you get Bog Devil ambushed and your unit's almost dead, even if it's a unit with a three plus defense, I've had knights die to Bog Devil ambush. Like it's a very good card, and then slowing movement down is great. But I guess the biggest factor is I uh, the the unit the event was specifically designed to to give some favoritism to NCU commanders because I wanted to see Baratheons and Targaryens. So. I think Targaryens with Roost is a pretty valid list anyway, and then when there are two scenarios that favor the NCU commander, I thought it might be enough to persuade some people to play Targaryens. And Penrose being available. Penrose is one of the best NCU commanders in the game as well. I believe you mean to say one of the best commanders
4: in the game, so you're, you're corrected.
2: <laughs>
0: so... uh Craig, how about you, especially like with uh, um, in particular uh, Blackfish, how he's he's rated pretty low. Um, I think uh, this tournament bumped him up quite a bit, but I mean, I think he went from second worst to now uh, one, two, three, four. He's like fifth worst on the stats. Um, I mean, uh, do you think uh, that that even though he might actually still be bad, that people just uh, he appeals to people, or do you think uh, there's something kind of hidden potential that uh, people aren't really seeing?
1: Well, for me, I'm surprised he's ranked so low uh, to begin with, and not surprised he's being ran in tournaments. Uh, his cards are much uh, easier to play. Um, you know, if you compare them to Rob, Rob's cards, his re- free retreats, um, they give you the opportunity to set up bigger plays. Tully does not give you that. But what Tully gives you is a card, is cards that you can use to prevent your opponent's big plays at any time. I mean, you're always going to get attacked. You can always use extra wounds. You're always going to get charged, so it's kind of nice to hit the guy in the face first. Um, they're a lot easier to play, where if you look at Rob's cards... If you're holding an objective, you don't want to play Rob's cards. Or if you're tying up knights, you don't want to play Rob's cards. Or if you're trapped against terrain and you can't. So for me, he should, he's a lot easier to play. Uh, stalwart is always useful. So I don't actually understand how he's ranked so low in comparison to the other start commanders. That surprises me more than actually seeing him in a tournament. Because um, as you know, I did well with him in Indy. And I ran him again in the Iowa tournament a couple months ago. He's usually my preferred commander, but I went with Rob for something different. But at the end of the day, I almost always go back to the blackfish. It's just so much yeah, more versatile. I think,
0: uh, I think it's arguable that uh, set for charge is one of the strongest cards in the game. Um, when, right. when paired with a very hard-hitting unit, um, so there's there's counters you know you got a counter plot and whatnot and but uh, I think counter charge isn't uh, or set for charge isn't uh, something people are planning for and it can be a game changer um, his other two cards are just okay uh, the healing one is especially like in my list when I only have one Tully unit uh, two wounds is back is kind of lackluster uh, but the right. plus one save uh, um, granted it's not as good as let's say uh, Wealth of the Rock usually if um, if you have a uh, money bag and whatnot but it's I'd say it's a, a pretty decent card but I think where Blackfish truly shines is his, uh, his ability himself the plus two to morale and then heal every single time they pass a morale uh, I think just adds to the survivability of a faction that um, doesn't have a lot of defense uh, w- without running the Tully units. Uh, you know, you're looking at Stark Sworn Swords, which are right in the middle. you got the Umber units that are offensive, the Krangman units and the Bowman and whatnot they are offensive. So, uh, but the problem the is they're kind of slow, They're still good and worth taking, but they're kind of slow and kind of don't play into the Stark faction. And then you have uh, uh, the Tully Cavaliers, which are amazing, but, you know, they're pricey. So you kind of have to gauge whether or not you're going to want to be running them. Then again, I feel like my personal opinion, I feel like the set for charge is kind of wasted on uh, the Tully units. I feel like you really want it to be paired with those Umber Great Axes or Berserkers uh, and really knock a couple uh, ranks out of your opponent before they ever even get to attack. And then by the time they attack, they're hitting like a wet noodle.
1: Dervishes will be even
0: better when they come out.
1: But Tully also gets yeah, already... a keyword, so that helps with his cards too.
0: Yep. Yeah, I've already play-tested the dervishes with blackfish, and it's obnoxious. Like, you throw Sansa in there to do it three times uh, in a game, and it just it gets silly. So maybe so, his uh, ranking
1: goes up when that unit comes out. Possibly.
0: But I'm determined to kind of, you know, bring his ranking up now. Um I want to prove that he's uh he's much better than he seems um you know it could be entirely possible that people are not like kind of playing to his strengths, which is oddly enough with umbers in my opinion uh granted you might lose out on some of the tully uh benefits with the tactics cards, but I think you know one or two big plays where you just explosive like set for charge wipe out their unit and then now you're up a unit with all your, you know, hard hitting units. But, um, how about, uh, how about you, Justin? Uh, same kind of question. What's your thoughts on it?
4: I mean, I don't know if there's, Oh no. I don't know if there's anything else I can really say about it. I got distracted by what I was doing. (laughs) Uh, that's why I said, Oh no. Uh, but, yeah, there's nothing uh, more I can say about it, except I guess I'll reiterate the uh, separate charge being, like, a ridiculously powerful card. Now, the ability itself, not ridiculously powerful. When you know it's there. But you can't play, like, an entire game around the fact that there may be a separate charge. Otherwise, like, what, are you never going to charge someone? Like And, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've said it on here. But if not, Dave can attest to how many <laughs> times I've gotten... They absolutely screwed by sep for Charge. Like I can live with the other two cards, basically Weld of the Rock and a Heal. I'm cool with those. But Sep for Charge, when you're like, sweet, all I gotta do is kill this one Berserker, there's one model left, and then boom, you're dead.
3: Wonderful. And by <laughs> wonderful, I mean it's awful.
0: Yeah, people yeah, I... him. he's he's a, he's a very powerful <laughs> commander. So we'll see if, uh, if the stats change. Uh, I think once we can get more uh, Blackfish input, um, we'll, we'll know if he kind of sits back at the bottom, you know, who knows? He might, uh, he might just level out right in the middle there uh, out of all the commanders. And that's totally possible. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I definitely have a bias, you know, he's, he's my favorite commander to play. And uh, so I just, I've been playing them for so long that I think I just, I know I'm in and out. And so maybe I just perform with him better, uh, because of that. And maybe, uh, maybe actually is kind of subpar. And the only thing holding them above water is the set for charge. Um, but I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll kind of see what the future ha- uh, holds for blackfish. Um, I think uh with that said though we've uh kind of gone over all the main points of the tournament. Um for those that couldn't make it uh hopefully you guys will be able to make it to the next one. Uh, There're definitely going to be more planned in the future. Uh we definitely want to keep uh you know keep this game alive and big events is definitely a way to do it. Uh so if you're in the position to do so, definitely consider uh trying to come out and you know find a group of people that are also wanting to come out and just try to make a weekend of it, uh, you know, had a blast and hopefully you guys can make it. Um, going to, you know, end with some, sh- uh, shout outs. Definitely, uh, you know, again, I'm going to shout out at song of ice fire stats.com, a great place to go. If you want to find, uh, all the different stats on how commanders and factions are doing and, you know, very detailed breakdowns of, uh, you know, different tournaments and how well things have performed, uh, both uh, within the structure of a single tournament and uh, when you factor all of it into one, uh, you know, one category uh, and kind of find the overall, you know, stats of uh, anything you're kind of looking for, really. So definitely go there. Um, you can make an account, and then you can uh, submit all your games. And, you know, if you know the accurate uh, stats form, you can submit old games. Um But yeah, so definitely go check that out. I I highly recommend it. Uh, Another thing you can go check out, which uh, will also bring you to this site uh, because it's uh, A Song of Ice and Fire stats, is a part of the guild. Definitely go check out A Song of Ice and Fire Guild.com That's where a bunch of us content creators have all banded together to make a one-stop shop for a ton of different types of content, uh, ranging from battle reports uh, and articles and uh, podcasts. Uh, there's some online stores on there. If you maybe don't have a local that you're able to support, or you know, if you already buy your stuff online, if you want to help support the guild, that's definitely one way to do it. Um, you can go on there, and uh, it's very well done. Uh, you know, I believe uh, Carlo from uh, A Song of Ice and Fire stats and uh, Yannick from uh, Tabletop Warden uh, have done a huge portion of the site and, you know, it's, uh, it's, there's some other, uh, of a guild that also has taken part in it. Um, I just don't, uh, forgive me guys. If you guys are listening, I, I don't know uh, who's done all the different uh, details of it, but it's an, it's a beautiful site. Uh, I can't take credit for any of it, but, uh, it's definitely something to go check out. Um, you know, like I said, a one-stop shop for you to find tons of different content for song of ice and fire. Uh, we have just added a couple of new members. Uh, we have Sunday slaughter now a part of the guild as well as Northern realms gaming. Uh, so definitely go there and you can, uh, you know, check out, let's see, I think we have like seven or eight content creators now all in one place. Uh, so, and you know, who knows what the future may hold. If we have, uh, some more, uh, people uh planned for the future so definitely uh go check that out you know for the guild and for uh small council radio we would greatly appreciate it if you went on our facebook page and liked and followed it also shared it out uh that's the best way you can help us grow is just getting the word out there uh, if you have a group of people that uh, you play with, you know, just kind of in passing mention our name, you know, and if they seem interested, you know, send them the link. Uh, and yeah, and that is, I think we'll pretty much wrap it up. Uh, did you guys have any shout outs you wanted to do real quick? No,
3: you pretty well covered everything. Um, just a real quick reminder. Um Obviously, the event was held at uh, Family Time Games. Uh, he does have some stuff in stock. I was looking through some of his stock. He's got uh, some poor fellows left. He's got some pyromancers left. He's got a whole bunch of filter crossbowmen. I'm not sure if that was a unit that people were having trouble getting a hold of. And Justin, didn't he have a whole mess of so zorse many zorse riders? So many zorse <laughs> oh, man. riders. So- you could run like a
4: thousand point army with zorse riders. I you yeah. would so, to a 20 point army but that's
3: not the point.
0: <laughs> so if you've got
3: some <laughs> if you've got some Song of Ice and Fire model needs um he would greatly appreciate the support. Um we mentioned uh we ended up giving away a whole bunch of prizes I think. The total amount of prizes that we gave away was uh significantly more than the entry fees for the event. So anything you could do if you have the ability to check it out and uh support his story, he's got a whole bunch of models, just check him out and see what he can do to help you out a uh, very very good guy so
0: yep, and you know definitely uh yeah, if you don't have a, a local that you kind of shop at, definitely always consider you know some uh, family time games and you know uh, rather than maybe just some random ebay uh shop and uh, and I know Shane would greatly appreciate it. Um, but, uh, oh, and I wanted to say I apologize to everyone. Uh, you know, I know I've mentioned a couple of times that we're going to try to do a raffle with some unit boxes. Uh, we're still unsure of how to collect the money. Uh, so if you guys have any suggestions, go ahead and leave us a, a message on uh, our Facebook page or our me- our small council uh, messenger and, you know, maybe some ideas you guys have. Because I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think PayPal has something uh, it's against their terms or their policy to do fundraisers or raffles through their site. So if you guys have any other easier way to do it, um, I plan, once we do have a way to collect the money, we're going to do the raffles. And I have uh, raffle tickets that for everyone you buy, I'm going to write your name on it. And then we're going to, I'm going to do some sort of like live, uh, drawing so that everyone can kind of see that, you know, it's done fairly. Um, uh, but yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, we're all ears. Cause we definitely want to start that. We just, uh, kind of at a loss at the moment. Um, so, uh, yeah, just send us a message and, uh, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. But with that said, uh, This is The Small Council, and it is dismissed. Step into the world
2: of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com.